You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. Welcome to the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. I sound terrible today because I was screaming yesterday at the races. And um, I'm very excited that Michelle Yu is back, my one of my favorite people in all of horse racing. Michelle, what's going on? Uh, well, Billy, we're on week number two of our new and improved Horse Ownership Experience show. So, so you're going to get like the beginning to sound good and everything, right? Oh, yeah. Did it not sound good last week? I didn't. Oh, I didn't listen to the download last week. Yeah, no, I was all, out running good. around. Good. It sounds good. I'm it's so some... weird though to not have like the race call at the beginning and everything. Because right. now instead of it being live, we're kind of editing it together. Yeah, but it's fun this way, and it's cool. And we're gonna put some transitions in. I'm gonna make it sound really good. I'm just getting used to this new format, so we'll see what happens. But we have a really cool show today. We have a very interesting woman named Michelle Crawford, who Michelle booked for the show. Um, who our Michelle? Sorry. Uh, booked for the show and um I was just reading all up about her Michelle what a what a crazy story um, right yes and, and we're gonna find out uh here's the gist of yeah, it for go everybody ahead. yeah she is a standard bread um owner that has recently dipped a toe into thoroughbred ownership and her first couple just ended up happen to be grade one winners including chance a lot so pretty cool and she has been in the news lately because she picked up a really nicely bred older broodmare at the january all ages sale and she's going to give her a great home so um lots of excellent directions to go in with michelle and i can't wait to hear from her i'm dying to know the differences between like standard bread racing and thoroughbred racing from an owner's point of view like what are the pros and cons right I think you're absolutely right. I've heard I have a couple people who who are into harness racing, but I don't know much about it. I go to a harness racing place uh, up by my place in in Canada um, mm-hmm. every year and have the best time. And it's well, all like you know. Outside I remember a couple years ago, Steve Asmussen, when they were in Saratoga, bought a harness horse and trained it so that he could have a harness horse to like do something on the Mondays and Tuesdays that they were dark at, at Saratoga. I think that's brilliant. But before we talk to Michelle, and we're going to get to her very quickly, what uh, what went on this weekend, Michelle? Give us a little race recap. That's Red barking in the background. He He's was, sad he didn't get to go to the Bulldog. He races. was scratched from the Bulldog Derby. Yes, he was very upset. I couldn't get him off the bed. And by the way, that race. Was was amazing. I love that only two of them ran the other ones. Just turn around. <laughs> um, so this weekend at Santa Anita, it was Cal Cup weekend. So we had some great races, including the uh, Cal Cup Oaks, the Cal Cup Derby, and the Unusual Heat Turf Classic. Again, celebrating our Calbreds. The Cal Cup Oaks went to Warren's Showtime, and that's just a great Calbred on top of Calbred on top of Calbred story. She's by Clubhouse Ride out of Warren's Veneta both of whom were trained by Craig Lewis and the dam was owned by Ben, Ben and Sally Warren. And uh, they also own and bred this horse. So it was really fun. And she looked 
brilliant, didn't she? Yeah, that was her. her uh, she looked brilliant the race before as well. I was surprised mm-hmm. at the price on her from a gambling standpoint. Uh, but she uh, proved once again that she is the best cowbred three-year-old filly uh, right on now. On grass, anyways. On grass, for sure. And um, very, very impressive performance. Congratulations to the winning owners. Uh, the Unusual Heat Turf Classic went to Wound Tight, making his stakes debut for trainer Bob Hess. You know what, Michelle? We say it all the time. Pace makes the race. Mm-hmm. And in this case... It was another just absolute theft job by Abel Castillo, Abel Castillo, Abel Cedillo, um, who got to the lead, was unpressured, pulled away. And it really kind of some of, took the starch out of some of the closers. Even our horse, the hunted, really, it was pulling early, never really had a good trip, was in amongst horses, not where he likes to be. Uh, Ashley Love Sugar may have been his last race, the, the, the venerable nine-year-old. Um, and but you can't take any away anything away from the winner when you do this. Um, it's because you're the best horse and you control things up front. Mm-hmm. And and I, we say it all the time: best trip wins these kind of races. And he got the perfect trip. Uh, also, the Cow Cup Derby. What a what a story here! Fast enough one for Rafael Becerra. His only prior race was a four and a half furlong maiden race in May of 2019. And he came and won a mile and a 16th stakes race in his first start since then. Fantastic training job by Becerra. Unbelievable training job. Yeah, and and he had very good numbers going in. Um, I actually liked the horse a lot, Michelle. We actually used Mm -hmm. him. Uh, So did your friend Benny Southstreet. Yep. Um, And I think... Uh, this horse has a bright, bright future because he did not get the greatest trip in the world. He was wide throughout. I, I'm interested to see what his uh, thoroughbred sheet number is, but he's a very, very good cow bred, and who knows, he he might be a horse that that uh, could compete with some of the big boys on the trail to this year's Kentucky Derby coming up. The, when's it, Michelle? I can't remember. The first Saturday in May. <laughs> oh yeah. Fast will be fast. Also, won the Cow Cup Sprint for you know that, owner you know, breeder Harris Farms and Dean Pedersen. I got to give uh, Dean a, 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 a kudos on this horse. This horse has mm-hmm. turned into an absolute monster. I believe that was his fourth five or in fifth a row. straight win. Five yeah, fifth, in a row. Fifth straight win. He he battled early. He was between horses. He held off uh, a really good horse in Lieutenant Dan late. And uh, kudos to John Harris. It was great to see him out at the track, one of the premier breeders in in California history. And um, just just a, a super job. And, and what a brilliant racehorse Fashionably Fast has turned into. Yeah, that was really exciting. Speaking of in a row, top of the game won his fourth in a row. That was exciting for I us. I saw that, Michelle. Nothing that was to great... compare to stakes races. You know, it's only a 10,000 claimer, but it was fun. You know what? Listen, winning one race is hard. Winning four races in a row is amazing, and you should be very proud of the accomplishment for your husband, Ryan Hansen. And I, I thought it, that achievement is uh, is really cool. Did he get yeah. claimed? He did get claimed. It was a six-way shake. Is that is that sad? Are you guys okay? Are you guys? I mean, you know, it's the claiming game, but uh, and Olivia was very sad, and we had to explain it to her. And then today. Um, Reed France is the one that claimed her, and he was actually kind enough to allow us to come into the barn and say goodbye to him. So we brought him his favorite stuffed animal and some mints, and Olivia came and gave him some hugs and kisses and was crying when we left. It was so sad. so The vet was like, what's wrong? And she's like, I'm going to miss him. It was so sad. Olivia was Um, awesome at the track yesterday. You know, <laughs> she invited me to her um, party. Birthday party. Mm-hmm. Now, she said, I'm the main guy. 
Do you know who that would be? She didn't. She couldn't remember the name. Oh, um, yeah, that would be Kristoff. Kristoff. That's yeah. who she said I was. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Better than being Prince Hans because then you'd be the bad guy. No, I was the main guy. Oh, yeah. Then you're Kristoff. So Christoph. she wants you to dress up like Kristoff. I will dress up like Kristoff and be at her birthday party. I love Excellent. her. We were talking about how old she was going to be, and she is um, – her speech is amazing. Um, <laughs> kid, how, how does she say it? Like six? What? Or, well, she says uh, – I'm going to be, I'm three and a half, and on my birthday, I'm going to be poor. Poor, right. Poor. Like, yeah, poor. It was great. And so we had a nice time with Olivia. Okay, that's enough for Parents Corner, Okay. As, uh, Bill Simmons um, also, would say. just a couple more stakes races real quick. The Astra went to Miss Pine Tour. Really nice day for Brian Corner, who had three winners on the card. And, Samantha, and Samantha Siegel. And Samantha Siegel. Um, yeah. Caressa won the megahertz, and I know that you are not thrilled about that because you're $35,000 claimer was rolling. <laughs> she was rolling. You know, again, uh, it's one of those things we talk about, and, and some people in the industry, even the insiders in the industry, just don't get it. Sometimes you get beat, and yeah, by a better horse. I mean, Caressa had a great trip, but she's a really, really nice horse. She dominated on the dirt by eight back in Del Mar in an allowance race. They had no real, they had nowhere to run her, and they chose this spot. She's by Uncle Mo. Obviously, Uncle Mo's can run on they could everything. run on a, a, everything, a freeway. They could run. I mean, they could run on you know broken the gravel. glass. Is yeah. what I like to say absolutely. Um, so I, I I think we just got beat yesterday. We we fell a three quarters of a length short. The rails were out at thirty feet. Our filly comes from behind, and she made a big wide run, and just couldn't get there. And we claimed her for thirty five thousand. And you still have people going, "Hey, what happened? Why didn't we win?" Right. You, you, the, we didn't. That was the acid test, and she ran. She I ran mean, huge. Out. She ran huge, and you know what? She's gonna get. She's going to get better. Richie Baltus has done an unbelievable job with her, and it's it's just exciting to have a horse that's going to be in these graded stakes races for older fillies and mares. And we had an exciting race yesterday, Michelle Little Red Feather, mm -hmm. that beguiled. Now, I don't know how much you know about her, but she's by Orb, obviously, won right. the Kentucky Derby. He hasn't been uh, a, a, a terrific style. Right. But his, his, his fillies have done um, very well. Uh, Derlou is by Orb. And this filly is a half-sister to Fault, mm -hmm. who we raced and campaigned with our good friends Mark Martinez and Agave Racing Stable. And Fault yeah. won a grade one on dirt and a grade two on turf. So this filly has started her career on the grass. She was explosive yesterday, and she did not know what she was doing. If you watch the replay, I mean, she coming down the lane, she never switched leads. Drayden Van Dyke um, gave her a little tap uh, of a reminder, and she swooshed her tail. It was, <laughs> she was like, "What are you doing? I'm running." Right? Well, well, She's like, I am trying. Yeah, what what can happening? I do for you? But she won really, really easily. And I think there's some. When uh, he turned or when you guys turned for home and she like slung Shaw out and she was like, I mean, yeah. the kick that she put in right yeah. there. She's got a nasty turn of foot, and she's a nasty little horse too. I mean, she is. She'll pin her ears, and she's she is she's the no, kind she's of like egg drop. she's a little bit like egg drop. Yeah, she's got a little bit of a nasty streak in her, which which I kind of like. Um, you know, a little bit like you, Michelle. You know what I'm saying? Ha ha! So <laughs> funny. <laughs> anyway, it was a big day for uh, Little Red Feather. So congratulations to all our listeners who uh, out there listening to the show. Okay. Um, also, let's see. The Lecomte was this weekend, so a yes. Derby Trail and Enforceable won that out of the now blue hen mare Just Whistle Dixie. She oh, was she's the terrible. Oaks favorite, and she was scratched that morning. Yeah, but she's she been a, she's been an awful broodmare. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I would just take her if they needed to give her away yeah. or something. Uh, she's only had a Breeders' Cup winner and a champion and a multiple grade one winner. So she's had New Year's Day, um, Mahayman, and uh, who else? Uh, I can't remember now. Uh, oh, I'll, how do you not know this? Because my, my brain is not working. Hold on, I'm going to look right now. I'm not editing this out of the show either because I love Oh, you're not? I was going to say just edit it out so it sounds like (laughs) I'm really smart. We'll figure it out. It was New Year's Day. Yeah, and Kingly. Kingly. Actually, I said New Year's Day. I was Kingly I was trying to think of. Kingly. Okay, so uh, just Whistling Dixie. Awesome broodmare. Um, Did you watch that race? Which one? The Lecomte. Yes. I didn't get to see it. Oh, horse ran huge for um, uh, Oxley, Cassie, Leperu. We've seen them before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. On the Derby Trail, uh, many times. Flying on the outside looks like a big, good-looking colt with a bright, bright future. And uh, you know, a lot of times the Lecompte doesn't really hold up once you get a little further down the line. But mm-hmm. uh, this is a nice colt who should be heard of uh, on the Derby Trail in two thousand. All right. Who's your Derby pick right now? If you had to pick one. Uh, I have, I couldn't even tell you. Go about, Nadal. I mean, I was going to say, what about Nadal? I mean, the, he's yeah, kind of the. Baffert unleashed a beast. Wow. He, I think he got a 98 buyer. I don't know. He ran massive. Yeah. Um, I have two more little pieces of news before okay. you can call Michelle. Okay. First is Patch was retired to old friends. We remember him, right? The horse with the one eye. Of course we do. That ran in the Kentucky Derby, et cetera, et cetera. And Steve Asmussen accomplished 1,000 stakes wins. Congratulations. Pretty cool. And one more thing. The Beamy, yes. award, the Beamy Awards that we pitched last week, I thought they were really oh, good. Yeah. And you won a Beamy I Award. Beamy. I was so excited. I had no idea. Well, of course you don't have an idea. When, it's supposed to be a surprise. Uh, Tell us a little a bit about the Beamy Award that you won and, and how you felt about it. I won a Beamy for um, best response. And it wasn't even like something I had planned out. It was... <laughs> So the CHRB had had a meeting and Noberto Arroyo um, stepped up and was saying all this stuff. And he had like come out in a towel at some point. There was all kinds of things going on. And so um, I guess there was a story about a man in Florida or something like that, that had uh, something was missing with a, I forget, missing a towel or something. I mean, it was like back in April. And so I said, has anyone seen Noberto as my response? And I guess it won. And good job, Michelle. Good job. You awesome. I probably should have done more research if I'd known you were going to say that. Oh, well, that's okay. You know what? We, that's why these things are recorded. And we can always yeah, right. go back. Um, we're going to get Michelle. <laughs> we can now. We couldn't yeah. before. We can now. No, but it's kind of cool. I wait till you, I splice together the last part. Uh, can I tell you my favorite thing, though, is um, like Jason Beam makes all of these uh, red carpet things, right? And he did these this red carpet of maximum security, like completely knocking over some chick falling down the <laughs> stairs. That's awesome. It was awesome. Congratulations, Beam. It was very well done. We enjoyed it. And uh, Little Red Fazender will constantly be your sponsor. Um, we uh, the, the run happy bit was funny, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, really I do. Good. I have the whole thing now. Okay. So, Noberto Arroyo <clears throat> appeared in the steward's office to review his ride, and he was only wearing two towels. So, he was sent back to the jockey's room in order to change into something a bit more proper for speaking to the stewards in. 
Okay, so that was like what actually happened. Uh, when we last checked with Noberto, it was during a public comment period of the CHRB meeting, and he referred to the animals rights activists as a bunch of single women and <laughs> got upset. Well, then someone had written on their ring video doorbell, scary looking individual in only a towel seen entering the rear of our home. And so I retweeted that and I said, has anyone seen Noberto? Amazing response, Michelle. There we go. Beamy award winner. Um, All right, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll have Michelle Crawford tell us about her journey through horse ownership. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. And we are back here on the Horse Ownership Experience, and we have Michelle Crawford joining us. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the Horse Ownership Experience. Thanks for the invitation. Always a pleasure. Well, you have quite the story, and we're going to get into it. We pitched it a little bit. But before we do that, because I think we're going to be talking about some standard breads versus thoroughbreds, can you just tell our audience the difference so that we we get all that confusion out of the way before we start talking? difference um pretty much the standard breads um you know we have our pacers and our trotters and you know they're just they're just such a resilient breed you know there's they're super tough they race every single week if they can you know if they're raceable and um you know it's just it's a nice change with the thoroughbreds they don't race as much um i like to treat my standard breads like thoroughbreds sometimes you know and give them you know, some time in between. It doesn't always work with our staking, however. But um, you know, they're just they're just that type of horse that once they're done racing, they have so many things they can do afterwards. But Michelle, if I if you put a thoroughbred next to a standard bread and just stood them next to each other, they would look very similar. They would. They it's but it's funny because I when we first started looking seriously five years ago, I, I couldn't tell you confirmation wise if I looked at a horse like I look at a standard bread, um, that some of the trainers were like, um, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I can't pick out a, a, a thoroughbred on my own. I'll defer to Jorge and and people that have experience with that. But with the standard breads, I've gotten, you know, I think I'm pretty good at it, as a matter of fact, in my 13 short years of being in this business. So we, we picked out some really, really nice ones so far. Can well, we go back to your beginning and how you got into racing and how you met your husband and where you had your first date? <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of information, date. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not going to give you all of it. People in my business are really, really bored with that story. But anyway, um, we met back in 2006. Um, I already had a huge love for the horses. I had an Appaloosa as my first horse. And, you know, I I practiced getting tossed off quite a few times with him. And, um, you know, when I met Al, his parents, his dad was the president of the Harness Breeders in New York. And, you know, he had an established farm, but his, you know, his health was failing and, you know, he was on the decline rapidly and, 
my husband, um, we have a finance company and he's the CEO of that and founding, you know, founding partner for Bankers Healthcare Group. So we kind of dabbled in it a little bit and tried to resurrect it. And, you know, he always laughs. He's like, I don't know what I did wrong. He loved my brother. He gave him the camp and he left me the farm. So not sure what I ever did to him, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it just is a mindset. And we, we've tried to, you know, dig it out and we've really resurrected our business and the standard breads. And, you know, we're quite large now and, you know, we're more close to the number one breeder in New York state for the standard breads. We have a hundred brood mares right wow. now. Wow. And, um, yeah, I have my second, uh, my no, my third broodmare in the thoroughbreds after uh, Tis though. So <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. Wow. Oh, well, so, what now, made wait, you want second, to Michelle. resurrect it? Hold on one second, Michelle. 100 broodmares. This is a very, very large operation. It's a very large operation for the standard breads. Um, we didn't start with that. We actually had a lot of his parents, um, you know, old pedigrees, and most of them weren't in full. So it's been a labor of love and a lot of, you know, money and trying to invest in our standard bread program, you know, and build that up and get, you know, we just, we wanted to add to the economy of standard breads and, you know, there have been lumps and bumps. It's not easy. I didn't know what, I couldn't tell you the difference between a trotter and a pacer. When I first met my husband, I had no idea what a harness horse was. So um, it, there's been a lot of, um trials and tribulations and and growth um growing pains but it it's just been worth it i mean every day I fall more and more in love with these horses you know on both sides of it and you know we're just we're growing and it and it's a fabulous thing and now we're starting to see some interaction a lot of our standard bread people i see are getting into the thoroughbreds and some of the thoroughbreds are like hey you know what is going on what are the standard breads you know should i what should i know so i, I mean the awareness alone is worth it well, I think that's I think that's interesting that you say that. So let's let's talk about that for a second. So I'm obviously a thoroughbred guy. What is the pitch to to get me into the standard bread? Should I start LRF harness? You should. You absolutely should. You know, we have we have so much excitement and you know, I've never really figured out, I mean, from my my naive perspective, I guess why there's so much glamour and excitement with the thoroughbreds and why they're on TV and why we're not in the standard breads. I'm like, what's wrong with us? Or we're the ugly stepchild over here. But it's, it's just, I, I'm such an avid horse enthusiast, but there's just something about watching them race. I mean, we, we don't have a lot of inner, you know, the injuries. Like I think sometimes the, the, the sport is just one of those where it, you can bring people in, you can go to the races. People love to bet the harness. You know, I, I think that our tracks alone, you know, the Meadowlands has come a long way. They've got their license, you know, their sports book now, which is bringing a lot of attendance to the Meadowlands. I think their handle is up significantly since that happened, but you know, they race week in and week out. So if you own a horse and it's actually, you know, you know how to pick it out, you're with the right trainer, I mean, you can enjoy this from the time they qualify in April right through to the Breeders' Crown or, you know, the Matron in November if you have a sound, good horse. And, you know, they don't all make it, obviously, but it's, it's you know, there's money in it. The stakes programs are healthy. Um, you know, you've got Ohio, California, you've got Chicago. Um, you know, they're getting back into it. Indiana's got a rich program. You know, as long as the stakes programs and the slots stay, I think, you know, we've, we're, we're pretty competitive. 
So, I mean, that begs the question that you asked, why isn't it? Why did it never get the popularity that the thoroughbreds received with the Triple Crown and the Breeders' Cup? What, what is, what's the solution? The solution, if I had it, I'd probably, you know, be doing more about it. But I do I do think it has to do with the level of marketing, you know, in the industry. And, you know, we, we suffer with that a little bit. Um, I've done so, my husband and I, we sponsor the Meadowlands Pace. We sponsor the Crawford Farms Trot. We sponsor the kindergarten. We sponsor the, um, you know, the bluegrass down in, in Kentucky when we're at the Red Mile. The Red Mile is fabulous racing. And that we look forward to that. That's where we sell our yearlings every fall. And, you know, it brings out a lot of an international flavor to the Red Mile in Lexington. And, you know, from there, that's when Keeneland opens. You know, maybe we can, you know, plan something for that time of year. Hint, hint. <laughs> we can get you over to our track and maybe we can do a live podcast. You got to have hey, like a free shuttle, there. right? Right from Listen, Keeneland over to the Red Mile. Hey, I was telling Michelle before yeah, we got on the air, I go to Hiawatha. Have you ever heard of Hiawatha? Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. They I, race on- I'm on... Um, they race on Thursdays and Saturdays. Uh, it's just outside of Detroit, right over the Blue uh, Blue Water Bridge, and it's fantastic. I have the best time. Do you ever get in the in the buggy? Me? No, um, not you, Michelle. <laughs> Obviously, not you. Um, well, I've been I've been behind one one time, and it's you know I I can't do it. I'm too afraid. So I'm, <laughs> okay, wait. I have a I've I have a question. A lot of people when they have like a really fast racehorse, they're like, oh, if I could only ride it, right? So you have some of the fastest trotters, right? Don't you have the world's fastest trotter? I do. Uh, okay. Hunter and um, yep, he is the world's fastest trotter. So like this is a case that you could really get behind him because someone else could drive you right couldn't you ride along like don't you ever just want to do that or have you done that they, they have the double you know the double seated bulky um it's not something i've been willing to try i broke my back two years ago getting thrown off of one of my horses my retirement and it was all mostly my fault um but it's it's probably something i'll, I'll pass on yeah, that <laughs> doesn't sound fun i don't want to like, do that either you wouldn't billy if you could get on like beguiled you wouldn't be like yes i'd love to have a ride on her no i'm too scared i'm i told you i already t- i'm fri- i'm frightened they're too strong I, I don't know how to ride michelle you would do that my i my husband his you know he'll he has jogged a couple of years in a row when he starts training back homicide hunter and he loves it he's full of spirit but um he you know he this year he was a little bit rough, you know, didn't have the year he did, you know, when he broke his record, but he, he definitely, it, it to take a picture of my husband sitting behind him is pretty special. So that's, it, it's that's awesome. Cool. I mean, it's just such a great animal. Yeah. That very, so very cool. cool. Wait, wait, hold on, Michelle. I got to go back because I think a lot of our listeners are more thoroughbred. I would assume. Uh, in fact, I, I know that, but, and you said, I didn't know the difference between a trotter and a pacer. What is the difference? It's their gait. You know, they're lying gated and, you know, the trotter, it, it's, it's like they, I, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I'm probably Because it looks very so similar. Move with, trotters move with their it, opposite and, legs. Um, so like their right yes. front and their left hind will move simultaneously. So it's like a two beat uh, gate um, across, but a pacer moves with two yeah, legs on the same side. side. Okay. Yeah. The pacer is the left side and the right side. They kind of, you know, like they're kind of shuffle gated. Um, Makes sense. And then obviously the sulky, you know, they're pulling a driver and a sulky. Oh my God. I mean, the whole thing is, it's fun and it's fascinating. If you haven't seen it, 
go there's places all over the place that you wouldn't believe and i think that uh, michelle crawford here has done a great job in describing it but tell us how now this this cool transition into the thoroughbred world how did it first take place and obviously you've had immense success already tell us a little bit about that story well we um we had started we i think we just jumped in one year it was like five years ago and um i had just come through um, breast cancer and a bunch of surgeries and you know all successful all good um, but we decided my husband's like look you know you've had a really rough year let's go do something different let's go to the select sale in Saratoga which Saratoga is one of the most our most favorite places to be in the summer and you know it just it's everything equine you know you just don't get that flair up here in upstate New York so we went, we went to the select sale. We picked out two yearlings. Um, we actually picked them out um, with Ian Wilkes. We were introduced like at the sale. We had, we were just walking around like, hey, you know, we're in harness and we have this budget and we thought we were, you know, big stuff. <laughs> I think Taylor made looked at us and mm-hmm. they're like, all right, well, that gray thing over there, that tappet you're looking at, that is not in your budget. So you're going to take over <laughs> on this side. And so you learn quickly you know, you get humble very quickly, but, um, you know, so we, we dabbled in that and then, you know, we just didn't really know enough and, you know, we got really busy with the business and my husband was growing, you know, bankers and we didn't, we just kind of floated along with that. And then over the winter, we have a home in Florida because we're, our bankers healthcare group is corporate out of our Florida location. So we spent a lot of time down there and, you know, Gulfstream is there and we were introduced to Jorge and they said, hey, you know, maybe we'll play the claiming game. You know, for me personally, I, my heart is is really big and I don't like to see horses come and go out of our barn. And I start, you know, I fall in love with every single one of them. So the claiming game doesn't really work for me. But my husband said, look, I'm going to run this. You stay out of it and let <laughs> us do this and we'll go have something to watch while we're at Gulfstream. So that's kind of how it started. And, you know, our first horse was, honestly, we had a couple of claimers that we did well with and, you know, they come and they go. And he he had an opportunity to buy El Deal. And um, he came to us and he's like, here's the deal. I really like the horse. He really didn't bet 100%. I'm not sure how long he's going to hold up. It was a, a reasonable price, but I think you can have fun with him. And we started thinking, oh, listen, you know, it would be great if we could, find something and have something to race in Saratoga. So we can, you know, when we go to Saratoga in the summer, we'll go to the the flats during the day and we go over to the harness track for the stakes at night. So we could double dip. You know, we thought, great. And, you know, we showed up one day at Saratoga, El Deal was in and, you know, lo and behold, he won a grade one. We're like, wait, what? What? (laughs) What? We're in the winter circle and it was, no. You're like, it's so (laughs) easy. uh, Yeah, game is easy. great let's do it again <laughs> <laughs> so anyway he started with Deal, and then you know we had fun with him but he didn't last much longer and you know we knew that the issue we had was going to prevent him from you know going much further but then we happened to get into a partnership on you know a few more and you know my husband talked to Jorge about the in training sale the twos in training and he's got a great eye and you know we got in on partnership with four or five of them with Dolphinstein and he said, I've got a partner, would you be interested? And we didn't really want to take the whole bullet at that point. So, you know, we're like, yeah, we'll do it, you know, and you're getting your feet wet. So we're a little hesitant. We don't know that much about it. We don't know about the breeding and we didn't really know Jorge all that well. 
Um, but we thought, okay, sure, why not? And, you know, lo and behold, here comes Chance a lot. Unbelievable. So that, that, that's even more fun. <laughs> yeah. Now, were you at Saratoga when he when he blew everyone away that day? Wait, did you name oh, yeah. Chance a lot? Yeah. We didn't know. Um, the other owner did, and I, I don't know where it came from. I really don't. And I just, I loved his name, though. I, I just right. thought, oh, he's such a great horse. And, you know, just to look at his face, he, he's got the most personality. I mean, you just look at him and you fall in love. But he is, he's special, and I, I just, I, I was blown away that day, and, and I think we all were. I think I think yeah. the whole world was. Yeah, it's and, and you know he's had controversy. I mean, oh my goodness, you stay off social media because you know it's it. People were literally fighting over him. You know, he's like a one-hit wonder. No, he's not, and you know he won't do it again. And you know he he. I don't think he can take any of his other races away from him. I mean, he raced phenomenal, and you have to look at who he was racing. But he was right there, even for all of his seconds after he won. Sure. Um, and you know we put him away healthy, and that's what that's what matters. Is he coming? Is he coming back? Oh yeah, he's oh. training like a monster. He 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 is doing. Um, I mean, he's working unbelievably. So you know, he just worked five furlongs in a minute. You know, we're trying to you know go a little bit easy with him. But Jose Ortiz um, rode him on Monday, and you know, just trying to take it easy. We're getting him ready for the Saudi Cup, and if all oh, goes right. well there, we'll go over to Dubai. Now, oh, great. will you make the trip to Saudi Arabia? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm nervous. Uh, it's gonna I, be I, so I safe. It's I it, don't know how you don't go. Yeah, right. And it's a once in a lifetime. I mean, you might not ever have this experience again. And I think we're going to try yes to go, Michelle. Um, you know, it's been moving. I have. Yeah. I want to know. I have well, a question. Hold on, this Michelle. Like hold on, Michelle. Because. Wait, because a lot of times Michelle Crawford and Michelle you, so we have two Michelles, but um, Michelle Crawford might not know that usually when people come on the horse ownership experience, they invite the hosts to races. <laughs> that's kind of our thing, and we're wondering if that's possibly going to be the case here. Wow. 1,000%. And, there you, you go. know, I remember the week of the Breeders' Cup watching Michelle walk around interviewing everybody, and I'm like, just just get to my horse. Get to my right? horse. And I was you know what? I was, my number one job was watching him, but Jorge had been – his flight was late, and so, like, I sat around the barn for, like, an hour waiting for them to come. Ah, too right? bad. And it's funny because nobody – a lot of people didn't know that he had been there since the sprint. So, right. you know, I think a lot of people thought that he had just, you know, the horse had just flown in. But, you know, I, I think leaving him out there was a good, you know, that was definitely a good move on Jorge's part. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. I, I have a completely off topic question. What do you think his blaze looks like? <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> oh, come on. Michelle. It's, I want to know. Think, she thinks she's the owner. You put her on the spot. I think it it looks like two Christmas bulbs. <laughs> okay, there you go. I'm editing that Christmas out. I, I think in the middle. I don't, when, I, when I look at him, I just see his beautiful, like, lazy eyes. I don't even look at his, you know, his marking, to be honest. But, oh, my goodness, did they have fun with him over the holidays. I was just, I, I, I have to laugh. I'm like, the people who, you know, go round and round about him and, and everything that's been said. I, I told my husband, I said, I've, I've had horses with hearts on their head. And I'm like, how, how did, 
the poor horse. How did he grow up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love him. Michelle, Michelle. I'm a huge, huge Chancellor fan, and I hope to see you twice in the Middle East over there. Uh, I have been standing by Jorge when he – I was standing with Jorge last year when he won with XY Jet in Dubai, so maybe I can rub some luck Aww. for you guys. I know, and how sad was that? We were was all very so sad, sad to hear about, you know, his passing. And you know, I know Chancellor lost a stable mate, but you know, we'll we'll have to pick up where he left off, hopefully. Let's hope is so. the is the Hamiltonian still the big race in harness racing? It's definitely the big race. Okay, yes. so if yes. I told you right now you could win the Hamiltonian in 2020 or the Kentucky Derby, what are you choosing? Oh gosh, can I only pick one? Yes. Okay. Um, I've won the Hamiltonian, and by the way, it was with a girl. It Yay! And, wow. Uh, yes, girl power. And um, I would definitely say I'd want to win the Kentucky Derby because I haven't done it yet. There you go. Wow. Uh, so can we talk a little bit about Tiso? You mentioned her earlier. She's, what, your third thoroughbred broodmare, you said now? What made yeah. you want to buy her, and what was your response to kind of the social media flurry surrounding her? Um, you know, I was blown away. I, I didn't even have like a real mission when I picked up the catalog because your catalogs are so extensive and there's so many of them all the time that I, but I just one morning just started looking through the catalog and I, I hit page 90 and I was like, wait a minute, you know, she's 25. And, you know, the one thing that everybody both industries will know about me is I am at the top of the line for aftercare and doing the right thing by these horses. It's so hard for me to sell a young mare. It it breaks my heart because I get so attached, but I still know that even though I have to keep my levels up as a top breeder, I know that there's somebody that's going to take good care of my mares. And if they're not, if they're not producing foals or if they're old or if they're lame, I retire them and I won't sell them. But for her, I'm like, wow, she is 25 years old and she's got a frosted in the belly. And it really wasn't about the frosted at all. It was, it was about the 25 year old. And and that's Mm -hmm. where I was like, I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen with her. If she's going to have marketability or if she's going to, if she's, you know, just going to go for a certain amount, if they were protecting her, I did reach out. I tried to see if I could make a deal and they, they said that there's enough interest and, in, you know, I think they were protecting her to a good number that, you know, they felt that she would end up in a good place. But at that point I was like, no, she's going to end up in my place. <laughs> oh. uh, wow. That's, That's so great. great so in case people don't know, she is a full sister to Tiz now and she's the dam of painter. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so great pedigree there. And frosteds are very marketable regardless. So do you, do you always breed to race or do you breed to sell more? Well, it's, it's, we, we conflict our industry a little bit. Um, you know, we have some breeders, big breeding farms that just breed. And I think it's confusing when you go to auction and you breed and you race, but we love both. And, you know, the problem is that for the person going to the sale and they see a breeder, they're like, oh, you're cherry picking or you're doing this or you're doing that. But, you know, we've gotten to the point with the level of stock we're now bringing to the market that my husband and I, he, we came up with one, one new model. And that was, you know, we're going to keep what we have to keep for breeding purposes. You know, if it's a filly out of a line, if the mare can't breed anymore, 
or, you know, if there's some extenuating circumstances that we have to keep something, we're going to keep it. But the Colts will all be sold in for into partnerships, whether it's a private partnership or it goes to public auction. I think that's fair. You know, I think that they still need us to do the business that we're doing to deliver what we need to to the market to be competitive and to put a product out there that people want. But we also have to look at what lines that we need to keep and procure um, from our standpoint. So you know, everybody's like, hey, you know, the outpouring on social media for Tuso was so overwhelming. I was blown away. I, I've been on Twitter for years and years and years, and I have never had people, I, all of a sudden I had like 300 extra friends. I'm like, whoa, wow, <laughs> going on? And, and the comments were fabulous. There wasn't a negative comment in anything. And it made me feel really appreciated. And I didn't do it for that reason. I certainly didn't right. go out to say, hey, I'm going to rescue this, you know, and spend $62,000 to bring her home just so I can have a frosted, you know, this or that. I mean, the frosted is a little bit of a bonus if everything goes well and she delivers, knock on wood, a healthy full. I'm just happy with that. And then she gets, you know, she gets to go off to retirement and, um, you know, hope that the transition was okay. But I don't, I can't always say that I breed, like in the thoroughbreds, I sold, you know, I have the sister, I have a half sister to La Coronel. Listen up now, we sold her first bowl. She has a spice town on the ground and a frosted in the belly. And, you know, I have creative talent who's out of creative cause. You know, she's out of gold bud and she gold buds 100% producer, excuse me. Huh. And she just had a G1 winner. And I think he's a scat daddy. Um, I want to say, oh, Valid Point, I think is his sure. name. So wow. do you look at maybe keeping that when she, you know, you breed her to something? Maybe, you know, but like I said, I don't know what if it comes out and it looks beautiful. I mean, somebody else might see something wrong with it. I just don't know confirmation on thoroughbreds. So I leave that up to the trainers. Wow. I'm blown away right now. I am too. I'm I, so, I'm I, in love. This I'm, is like the. <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, we might have to have you on every okay. week and just do right? call you it the Michelle Crawford show. One last thing. We've taken up so much yeah. of your time. Um, we know you're very into retirement. Both Michelle and I believe very much in aftercare. And, but, and there's a story that, that you have with your aftercare and what you've been able to do with, with retiring your racehorses. Well, I've, I've got about 65 of them right now. And I work heavily with a lot of the groups that pull them off the slaughter truck. And, you know, we have quite a few of them that are, you know, they, they come up on our radar through our, you know, our protection on um, contracts, you know, where they call us and they say, Hey, you know, your horse is in harm's way. You know, I haven't had any of mine, but there are a lot of older lines, horses that never race Amish horses, you know, things that just go through the system and they're old, you know, they're 18, 20, some of them are really young, and they end up in these horrible places. And, you know, so three or four years ago, I started getting, you know, gathering a bunch of our, our industry leaders and saying, hey, we need to, you know, really start to look at what the TAA is doing, we need the safety net for our horses, our athletes, you know, you just can't throw them away for their last few dollars, you've got to really consider this. And, and it's been a lot of years, a lot of struggle, but the FDA has been formed, which is I'm going to look to this to, to, you know, compete with TAA and what they're doing with the thoroughbreds. But it's a, you know, it's a process. You've got to get accreditation and you've got to get, you know, groups that you can, you just got to get a lot of moving parts in order. So, you know, and above and beyond that, I mean, my legacy, and I will stand by this. I will tell you this every time you talk to me, even if it's, you know, once a month 
that my legacy is I'm going to do whatever I can to stop these horses, our horses, from getting shipped to slaughter. So I'm going to Washington on Monday. I'm having dinner with a uh, congressman. I'm meeting with senators. They've got a whole agenda, you know, that we're trying to pass through. I haven't let it go this far. I've always been kind of like a backer of, you know, on the back, on the, you know, the back burner, you know, I'm, I'll do all of this from here, but I'm not going to really put myself out there. And my husband's been really encouraging me to do that. And I've, I've really made a lot of headway and I, I just, I think I'm just so passionate about it now that I want to stop it. And I want people and breeders, especially don't breed your backyard stuff and do not, you know, retire or, or rehome your mares, you know, that aren't producing anything. You know, we just, we have so much overbreeding and, and I'm a breeder, you know, and I'm trying to follow, you know, what I preach as well. So I just can't tell you. I mean, I don't discriminate. I have thoroughbreds in my retirement paddock. I have standard breads. I have donkeys. I have mules. I have a Clydesdale and I have a paint, you know, so I, I get carried away once in a while, but I can't help it. You know, I try to do what I can, but it's hard for me. I'm a working nursery too. So I just can't always bring them to my farm, but I work endlessly to try to help these groups find good places for them to land. Michelle Crawford, uh, we can't say enough. We we hope you continue with your quest. We would we appreciate all that you do. The last part, if there's anything we can do on our end, you let us know. We can, you know, um, uh, we, we want to help. So I think and what you're doing is wow. is is incredible and uh, appreciated. And we especially in the times we are dealing with right now. I mean, both Michelle and I are in Southern California, and I'm sure you know what's going on out here and the the media uh, backfall that we've been under so uh appreciate it thank you for spending the time today to come on the show it it was it was an incredible interview and we're glad we got to know you oh well thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it and i look forward to uh the next year i I think we'll be talking again in 2020 and you know fingers and hooves crossed that everything goes well and i just wish everybody good luck and I, I think that if we all work as an industry, you know, and stay together and stand together, we can we can get through this. Well, we do too. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you in Saudi Arabia. Sounds good. <laughs> Have a great trip <laughs> and, and good luck with Chancelot and all the other horses. And I'm looking forward to discussing the Little Red Feather Harness uh, partnership. It should be fun. <laughs> you got it. All That's right. Good. Michelle Crawford <laughs> joining us here on the horse. Yay! Ownership like, experience. Can you insert a huge round of applause here? I mean, we should. We really should. Yay! I mean, it was the, the you know, I go on my soapbox You guys are sometimes. way too fun. No. This is, this is, what we, this is why we do this. We're, we might, you might be a standing member on the pod, so I you know. You know. have to come on once a month. <laughs> Thank you so much, there Michelle. Have a great I'll day. I'll, I'll sponsor some of your program if you come over and do some for the uh, standard breads, too. Consider yeah! it done. Consider it done. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Bye-bye. Mich- Michelle Crawford here on the Horse Ownership Experience. Michelle. We should. We should have her start finding us some standard bread owners. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. We could have a mix we and can, match. And we could like we could talk price point and training and, and everything. She, you know, she won't hang up. <laughs> no, she just You're supposed to hang up, Billy. You're the boss. I'm not supposed to hang up. We say goodbye. She's still That's here. Great. She just wants bye, to be part of the Michelle. show. There. I hung up. Uh, bye, Michelle. 
Um, okay. All right. So uh, that was, was great, awesome. Michelle. She was incredible and and so wise. I found. I like, could have talked to her for a week. Yeah, and maybe and we'll have her back on. Maybe we'll talk this. Uh, we'll talk to her after um, Chancellor runs in uh, Saudi Arabia. We can do whatever we want now with the new uh, Ho Show. We don't need Tuesdays anymore. We're gonna put this out hopefully tonight. Uh, get it up uh, so it's there tomorrow morning. But uh, what else we have going on, Michelle? What's happening? Um, okay, coming up at Santa Anita this week. Well, it's the Pegasus at Gulfstream, right? Sure. So we have the Pegasus viewing party at Santa Anita. As far as stakes racing goes, we have the Palace Virtus and the Clockers Corner, so sprinters on tap, and the Pegasus World Cup betting challenge if you're a handicapper. And uh, it's the Eclipse Awards coming up this week, right? Yes, I think we picked our awards last week. We did, we did, we picked our our awards already. Who can we talk about the Pegasus really quick and make our Pegasus sure. predictions? Yeah. Who, who do you like? Um, I mean, you kind of have to like Omaha Beach, right? Of course. You have to. There, it's. I feel like he's the horse you have to run through. Okay. In in my opinion. All right. That's that's your opinion. Okay, who do you think? I agree. I think oh, I think Omaha Beach is going to be very, very tough to beat. I haven't seen anything. I don't think I have you know the sheets or the form, and they haven't even had the draw yet. When is the draw? Uh, I don't know. Be coming up soon. or something. Maybe tomorrow. I mean, okay. So here's the other other two horses. What I about higher power? Okay, so I want to talk about three horses. Okay. All right. <laughs> First, I want to talk about Spun to Run because he got spun for someone else. Yeah, but he got um, Castellano. Okay, which is great. He already beat Omaha Beach in the mile. Yep. Now, we are talking a little bit longer distance, but I told you I put Spun to Run down as one of my top three-year-olds in the Eclipse Award ballots. He did nothing wrong last year. I think he actually does stand an upset chance. You know, he already has beaten Omaha Beach once. This is like a throwdown. I think he's super intriguing in here. Okay. Number two is Higher Power. Talking about him prior to his last couple of races, Okay, before he ran the Pacific Classic, he had this lights out work where he outworked Brady like he was cheap, and he just had it again. Yeah, I saw it. So go on xptv.com, watch his work, and I'm sure they'll be doing a side by side of some sort. You side by side that to the work before the Pacific Classic, it is like identical. Yeah, he really did. Watch every work of his in between. There's none that are like these two works. So all of a sudden, he's like, ding, ding, lights out again, right? Yep. I agree. Mucho gusto. Mucho gusto. Holy wow. Uh, so like his last work, that's available on XBTV as well. Um, he just looks phenomenal. Like he has like two, three gears when he's just rolling along there and he is just clip, 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 clip. He is crazy good. His last work was awesome. I think that it was that work that pushed uh, Baffert to run him in here. And I was really impressed. I, I agree with you on everything you've said, Michelle. I have no arguments. I think it's going to come down to, especially if you're if you're if for betting purposes, which we like to do, um, we need to see uh, value. Where's the value going to come right. from? But I, I like your selections, and I think um, the winner will likely come from one of them. I want to talk about two other things before we go, Michelle. Uh, the sales companies announced today that there's reforms for the two-year-old sales. So we're talking Facing Tipton. Keeneland, Keeneland and OBS and, and there are medication, new medication uh, restrictions come into effect March, 2020. That's this year. Yeah. Now and whip uh, w- uh, restrictions, which I really like because there was, I, I personally, and this is just my feeling as a buyer and a seller, when you see the jockey just whipping the two-year-old like incessantly down the lane, 
Mm-hmm. It's, it just never looked good to me. Like, I would right. prefer a horse, even even if a horse went a little slower, that was kind of under wraps a little bit, or just, you know, you're just urging them on naturally. It just seemed better. So I, I think these are very, very good changes. And I also, I was very sad to hear that Empire Maker died. Um, yeah, I don't did. think we talked about that. We, we mentioned um, um, XY Jet in our show, and now Empire Maker, which is, he is so influential into you know, our horse racing lore and, and us growing up. I mean, his Belmont win was incredible and I think he should have won the Kentucky Derby. Um, but, and now he's left his legendary legend behind with, uh, you know, pioneer of the Nile and so many others, um, empire maker dies at 20. So, um, you know, these, these things happen. It's, it's sad. And, and it's, uh, I actually got a little, I got a little weepy this morning when I read that. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah. Empire Maker was always one of my favorite. I'm obviously a big Bobby Frankel fan, and uh, yeah, Empire Maker could have done even more than he already did. So, oh, look at that, Michelle. My phone's ringing. We haven't had that in a while. Um, <laughs> uh, great guest, Michelle Crawford. Thank you, all of our sponsors, uh, Del Mar, Santa Anita. Tailor made, even though uh, I, I'm not sure if they're sponsoring, but I'm just going with it. Travis White, if you're out there <laughs> listening, I'm just keeping you guys on. I'm putting all your, uh, all the horses. Just send them the a sires. bill, Billy. Yeah, we'll just send them a bill. Michelle, always great. You are tremendous at doing this, and I appreciate it. And uh, you can contact me, Billy, at littleredfeather.com. If you have any questions about horse ownership, you want to talk about the show, you want to talk about Michelle Crawford and our new LRF harness idea, uh, let us know. You can uh, tweet at own a horse, at the Michelle U, at BKLRF. We've been, I, I made a pact to be more active on Twitter. I'm trying, Michelle. Have you noticed that I'm doing some things on there, like responses yeah. and. Yeah. I'm just not that kind clever. of. I'm just not that good. Um, and we'll try to do this again next week, right? Let's keep going. Sounds good. All right. Have a great day. Thanks to everybody who listens. And uh, you can find this uh, hopefully on iTunes. We're working out the kinks. Um, but Michelle will put the link on Twitter at Own a Horse. So follow up. And we need to get some more followers, Michelle. So work on that. Oh, well, I'll do my best. All right. Kim. I have a lot of followers on my Twitter. Right. So put so it on I your always, Twitter. I tweet it from there. I do. Oh, good. Okay. Say hi to right. Olivia for me. <laughs> will do. All right. Talk Bye. to you soon. See you next week, guys. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu.